I'm glad to have you with us this morning. Please open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number 13. Revelation chapter number 13, we'll read two verses here. Revelation 13, go to verse number 8. I will read out loud if you'll follow along with me silently, but we'll read this together. Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, chapter 21. Chapter 21 and verse number 27. Chapter 21, same book, book of Revelation. Chapter 21, verse number 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to talk to you about that about the Lamb's book. I want to talk to you about that. A lot of misunderstanding. And so I want to try to help you out a little bit. Now, folks, listen to me very carefully. I say this constantly. You need, when you come to church, not just listen to someone and say, I think I can trust him. Uh, I appreciate that. Honestly, I do. I've been here for 30, 35 years uh, this July. And I appreciate you trusting me. I really do. But what I'd rather have you say is, you know, the Bible says, I know where that's found in the Bible. I'd rather you know your Bible than know me. But I'm preaching this morning, and what I want you to do is listen very carefully. Now, what we normally tend to do, what we normally tend to do, especially along these lines, you have some preconceived ideas. We all do. We all have our own philosophies, our own, what somebody has taught us, what I got on Instagram, what I got on Google, what I got on, Siri told me, and we have all these ideas. And then you come in here, <clears throat> and I'm going to use the Bible. Amen. You won't understand this, but what you'll do is go, I don't know about that. You've never studied it out, someone, somebody told you. And so I'm going to tell you some things this morning, and I just want you to listen to what the Bible has to say. Okay. Understand, when you disagree with the Bible, it has nothing to do with me. Now you're I talking this morning in Sunday school. Uh, I'm still amazed how people in the Bible argued back with God almost in person. Uh, people in the Old Testament did that. And then we come to find out this morning in our lesson, Peter. Peter was there and the Lord said, you're going to deny me tonight. He turned right to the Lord and said, that's not going to happen. God said this, I just don't believe that. What are you doing? Uh, but it's, I've always been amazed at how people can do that. So we look at people in the Bible. We're a little critical of people in the Bible. How could they do this? How could they do that? Then we make excuse for ourselves doing something very similar, if not the same thing. So I want you to lower your guard. Okay, I'm not here to fight with you. If it is, I'll whoop you. But anyway, uh, I just want you to relax. Okay, just listen. Give me a good listen. Ask the Lord. Lord, 
talk to me this morning if there's something I need to know, something I need to change, something I need to add to my life, or something that needs to leave my life. Please help me to know your word a little better today when I get ready to leave. If you'll do that, we'll all be on the same page, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the Bible. I ask you, Lord, please to bless us this morning for Christ's sake. Help the people, Lord. I know what the devil does in this world. I know what knowledge means to people in this world. We are knowledge hungry. We don't really know what to do with all of it, but we want more. And so, Father, I pray that the Bible is not just a book of knowledge. It is a book of learning to do that knowledge. So help us, Lord, please. If there's one person in here this morning that is not saved, they do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, that they would be saved. And those of us that claim to be a Christian, Lord, may we realize we have a Lord. We have a King. His name is Jesus Christ. And whatever he says, we ought to yield to and do because he said it. End of the story. So help us, Lord, please, to yield to that. Thank you for the people that are here. Lord, we sure do miss all of those lots of people who are at home, sick, and other things going on. I hope that they are watching live stream if they're able to, and I thank you for this opportunity. Please help us this morning. For Christ's sake, we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. Now, this, this, this is one of those churches that uh, I, I like people take notes. Now, if you can take notes and listen, that'd be great. If you can't take notes and listen, don't take notes. You can actually go online. All, of, all the sermons and everything here are online. All you got to do is go to anchorbaptistchurch.com, I think. Huh? Anchorcolumbus.com. You can get all the sermons here. So if you miss something, you can... Uh, and uh, if you listen to my sister tell you that we're watching a movie tonight, that's not true. Um, so anyway, uh, but I'm glad that you said, what's that all about? She knows. Uh, glad to have you here this morning. If we believe, as many do, number one, that doing good works is important to get one to heaven. A lot of people believe that. Now, before you amen, shake your head or whatever, you probably ought to listen. If we believe, as many do, number two, that there's a certain lifestyle, that many have to live, you have to live to maintain or attain, then exactly how good is that? If you have to be so good to get to heaven, if you have to maintain a certain lifestyle, I want to go. Tell me how good I have to be. Where are the guidelines that tells everybody on this planet what they have to exactly do and a lifestyle they must maintain if they're going to go to heaven. Where is that? Where are the guidelines? You say, the Bible. No, that's, that's, no I want to know exactly. I don't want to miss it. If going or getting to heaven is based upon good works, who's keeping the record? I mean, I don't want to guess about it after I die. I'd be a little late. I want to know who's keeping the record. And what is the determining factor? I mean, where, where's the line of, whoa, you barely got in. I'm sorry. Well, I want to know where that is. Where is that? Where is it spelled out? What, what do we do about this? I mean, where is the bottom line? Where is it if we have to be good or live a certain lifestyle to go to heaven? And I'm going to assume everybody in here would like to go to heaven. If there's a heaven, I'd rather go there than go to hell. Amen. 
if that's true, I want to go. If I have to maintain a certain value of good works or lifestyle, I want to know exactly what that is. Why? I want to go to heaven. I mean, where is it written? Where is it written who's going to heaven and who's not? Is there really a book of people's names that said these are and others aren't? Is there really a book? You ready for this? Yes, there is. There is a book that names are placed in of those who will go to heaven and those whose name is not in that book, no guesswork involved, you will never go ever. So it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life. This is, if this is true, if there's this, if there's this Lamb's Book, and no matter how good or how religious or what you've given up or what you've suffered, no matter what's going on, if a person's name is not in that book, you can't go. Has no, 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 doesn't mean what church you went to, where you got baptized, what all you gave up, how much you've suffered in life, hasn't got a thing to do with it. It simply says, if your name is not found written in the book of life, you shall not enter in. So I want to learn about this book. If this is true, everybody in here, if it's true, if it's true, for right now, we'll just say if it's true. If it's true, everybody in here should say, I'm not really sure what that book is, but it sounds awful important. I want to help you know something about this book. So I want you to listen very, very carefully. I want to talk to you about three things this morning in case you're taking notes. Number one, who is this lamb? Number two, what's the importance of this book called the Lamb's Book of Life? And number three, how do you get your name in that book? If only people going to heaven, their names are in that book. I want my name in the book. But I need to know how do I get my name in the book. And since it's called the Lamb's Book, I want to know who this lamb is. So let's learn about that this morning. Who is this lamb? Who is this lamb? Well, let's learn some Bible this morning, okay? Why is it called the Lamb's Book? What's so important about a lamb that its name should be put on a book that only the names in there get to go to heaven? What's so important about this? By the way, that's every person. For those of you that that misunderstand dispensationalism, Everybody from Adam to the last man that ever lives, there's always and always has been, always will be, only one way of salvation. Nobody was saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. Nobody was saved in the garden because they were innocent. Nobody saved during the tribulation because they suffered so much. Everybody is saved by the blood of Jesus Christ or they're not saved. So who is this lamb? In Revelation chapter 5, verse number 12, he is the one in Revelation 5.12 that the angels and the saints and thousands upon thousands upon thousands around the throne say, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is, there's that lamb again. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom. He's the one referred to and represented in every Passover celebration. The Jews still do it today. Though they, though they do not uh, believe that Jesus is their king, they still celebrate the Passover. That happened way back when they were slaves in Egypt, way back then, and the death angel passed over. And he said, God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Thus, Passover. You get it? Okay, very good. Also, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, 
when we do that, it is described here about Jesus Christ being the one that we believe in in order for his blood, that lamb, lamb slain before the foundation of the world. There's that word again, lamb. So you have to understand, who is this lamb? This lamb, he is the true figure of every sin offering in the Old Testament. Every time you read in the Old Testament, our church reads through their Bible again, right? Okay. Uh, Every time you read about they, 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 they killed this animal and that bullock and that sheep and that ox and this pigeon and whatever, every one of those was a looking forward to the real lamb that would come, which was Jesus Christ, okay? So we're talking about a lamb. So the Old Testament knew about it. Those after Jesus died, which would be us, by the way. Do you know people said, what about all my future sins? Do you know when Jesus died, you weren't even here. All of your sins were future. So if it only dies for your past sins, you can't be saved at all because all your sins were future when he died. See, the thing is, listen to me carefully. We're just not learning Bible and applying it to our lives so we stay in confusion about these kinds of things. Ready? Okay. If you have to be good to get to heaven, if I ask, if I ask Eric, he's new here, uh, and I said, Eric, how good do I have to be to go to heaven? He would try to tell me what he thinks. Then I'm going to come over here to Bryson. I said, Bryson, how good do I have to be to get to heaven? He's going to tell me something different. Now I'm really confused. Do I believe him or him? To make it worse, then I'm going to ask you. You know what you're going to say? You're going to give me something else. Now, the really foolish person will say, well, you at least got to keep the Ten Commandments. Nobody kept the Ten Commandments. It's impossible to keep the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were given, according to Romans, I believe it is, it was given, it was so perfect, it was meant to cause every mouth to be quiet. Quit telling everybody how good you are because you cannot. The law was perfect. In order to get to heaven, you'd have to be perfect. No guesswork, here's the law. You couldn't do that. So the law was actually given to tell everybody, quit your bragging and be quiet. He said, what do I do now? You need to be turned to something or someone that can save you. We'll talk about that. Who is this lamb? He's the one that Isaiah talked about in Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed. You remember this? He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. You remember reading about that? He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. This is a prophecy talking about Jesus Christ. He is the same one who someday in the future will come as John saw of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, who is worthy and hath prevailed to open the books and loose the seals thereof. By the way, that has to do with the end of the world being destroyed. We're talking about that lamb, that one right there. So who is this lamb? He's the one that left heaven's glory, who became poor so we could become rich. That, that's the lamb I'm talking about. So in case you get it mixed up with some other lamb, he's the one who donned uh, an earthly body. Now, who would want to do that? Jesus left where we want to go to come here where we want to leave. Who would do that? The lamb. The lamb did that. The lamb, Jesus Christ. Who was born an earthly mother and had no earthly father? He had a heavenly father. That lamb is the one we're talking about. The one who went about doing good. We get so confused. Preacher, I didn't do anything wrong. I was just trying to do what's good and people picking on me. The Bible said Jesus went about doing good. They crucified him. Are you listening to me? We've got this bad understanding about God's word and what God's people have to go through and what it means to us while we're living down here. So, who is this lamb? He's the one where they cried, Hosanna, watch this, 
You think you have friends turn on you? One weekend, he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, and they're putting down palm leaves and crying hosannas to God in the highest. And the very next weekend, they're saying crucify, in the same place, crucify, crucify him. One week, boom, just like that. That lamb, that's the one we're talking about. The one who gave his perfect, spotless, holy, blameless life to, you ready? To save rotten, degrading, putrid, sinful, lost people. So this perfect lamb gave himself for, oh no, not people out on us. Us. See, I just described us. Rotten, degrading, putrid, sinful, lost man. That'd be us. You say, I'm not sure I go along with that. I'm going to try to be kind. I, I really don't care. The one who was beaten, the one who was humiliated, shamed, spit on, questioned, mocked, you name it. The one who was buried, listen to me carefully. He was not buried and rose again after a part of three days. The Bible says in the New Testament, three days, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. There's so many things I want to tell you. Who is this lamb of whom God the Father said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. God said that. Jesus turned around and said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So God the Father said, you need to listen to my son. The son said, you can only get to the Father through me. We're talking about the Lamb of God. And we just found out not long ago that there's this book in heaven, whatever that is, that says it's the Lamb's book of life. Now we're trying to figure out who this lamb is. Jesus is the lamb. That book has his name on it. It is called the lamb's book of life. So it's not just any lamb. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot be. He said, the father said, this is my son. You listen to him. The son said, you can't get to the father but by me. We come to find out without the shedding of blood, there is no remission Period. No forgiveness of sins. It is this book's. It is it. It is a book of names. In this book is not Jesus' name. His name's on there. It's called the Lamb's Book. In this book are names. In heaven, there's a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. It has names in there. Names of those who have received this Lamb as their personal sacrifice. If you do not receive Jesus Christ, the Lamb, your name's not going in the Lamb's book. It's the Lamb's book. And he is the Lamb. Throughout the Bible, a lot more scriptures I could have given to you. It is the Lamb's book. The only those who have believed what this Lamb did for them and accept them, him as their personal Savior, only their names are in this book. Nobody else's name. By the way, nobody's name has a black pen written over top of it. Sorry, you didn't make it. There is nobody's name written in, taken out, written in, taken out, written in, taken out, written in, taken out. I could show you scripture in Hebrews chapter number 6 where it is impossible for those who have once been saved to be saved again. It's impossible. It's impossible. Reason. Ready? How many Jesus Christ's true ones are there? This is a straight finger. That's a crooked finger. One, right? So if Jesus died how many times? 
The Bible said in Hebrews, he died once and for all for all sins. Is that right? Okay. That's what it says in Hebrews, a lot of different places. If that's the case, if you can ever lose your salvation, you can never be saved again because who's going to die for you again? So you start making up Bible that Jesus will save you again. Show me that in the Bible. Don't reason with me. Show me in the Bible where once a person is saved and sins forgiven that you can lose your salvation and then be saved again. Okay, how many times can you be lost and saved then? Every other day? Every time revival comes around? Every time you decide to start living for the Lord again? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 that God the Father will not put his son to an open shame again. So if it's not once saved, always saved, you're on your way to hell right now. Because you, ready? Good English. You ain't perfect. You can't live perfect. And if you're going to go to heaven any other way other than Jesus Christ, you have to be absolutely perfect in every way from the day you were born till the day you die. Please don't think to yourself, well, I'm trying. Trying won't cut it. You have to be perfect. So let's go on with this. No works in this book. No place in this book, the Lamb's Book of Life, there's no place in there that says you did this, you didn't do that. No place. It's just a name of book. It's just a book of names. There's no goodness in there. There's no church attendance in there. There's no Catholic mass in there. There's no counting beads in there. There's no speaking in tongues in there. There's no I have the gift of healing in there. There are names of those who have trusted the lamb. And he, because of that, has put their name in the lamb's book of life. No man cometh unto the father but by me. So we all have an opinion, don't we? We all have a, we all have a philosophy. We all have a, a reasoning and again, if I went to different people, they would say different things. Now I'm really confused. You would think with something so important, those who are gone would have an absolute answer. But I find out most of them don't. Now I'm really confused because I want to go to heaven. But I talk to you, you say one thing. I talk to you, you say something else. I talk to you, you have no idea. So what do I do now? God already has it all figured out. God said, you see, there's a book in heaven and it is called the Lamb's Book of Life. So I need to know who this Lamb is. If I want my name in there, who is this Lamb? Well, we come to find out is Jesus Christ. This is the Lamb's Book. It is His name glorified on the front of that book, and He is the one that recognizes whose name goes in there. So who is this Lamb? It's Jesus Christ. God the Father said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Jesus said, I and my Father are one, for my Jehovah's Witness Jehovah, no witness, friends. Jesus is not another God. He is God. Even lost people said, who can forgive sins but God? True. They were talking to Jesus. You know why Jesus didn't argue with them? Because they told the truth. They didn't realize it. They didn't realize they were telling the truth because Jesus is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three are one. In Hebrews, it talks about that. So let me help you a bit. Number two, what's the importance of this book? Okay, now we know who the Lamb is. There's a book in heaven, we read in Revelation, called the Lamb's Book of Life. Now we know who the Lamb is. The Lamb is Jesus Christ. What is the importance of this book? Listen very carefully. Listen, listen. Only those whose names are in that book will ever be in heaven. 
That's it. Pretty simple, huh? See, we've made it more difficult than God ever intended, which we tend to do about everything. Raising families are more difficult. God told us how to do it. Uh, marriages, God told us how to do it. How to run a country, God told us how to do it. How to worship God, God told us how to do it. We've confused everything so much. Everything God said this way, we always have a better idea. Name it, and I'll show you that man thinks he has a better idea than God. God Almighty, we have a better idea than he does. That's ridiculous. And the same thing with going to heaven. In order to go to heaven, sins must be forgiven. Yes? Okay, we got that part. So we all agree on that part. In order to have sins forgiven, blood must cover somebody's life. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. That's what the Bible said. Remission means forgiveness. So without shedding of blood, in the Old Testament, they shed the blood of animals which never forgave their sins. It only stopped the punishment of God as they look forward to believing on Jesus Christ. They were saying this is kind of an example of the true lamb that's coming. So they looked forward by faith. He said, well, they didn't know it was going to happen. I've never seen Jesus die. Neither of you. Please don't raise your hand. Uh, I've never seen Jesus. Please don't raise your hand. Uh, I went to hell and he told me to come back. You're a liar. Um, so watch what happens here. What If this is the cross right here. Okay, this is the cross right here. All right. There, ready? That's the cross. If this is the cross, we have, am I on? How about now? Huh? Okay, here's Adam, right? From that point on, in the garden, God slew an innocent animal and covered them by blood. He didn't skin them live. And so from that point on, there was a looking forward to the lamb slain before the foundation of the world should come. So everybody from back here, by faith, those who did, trusted in the lamb to come by what they did in giving the blood of those animals, they knew animals couldn't. That's why every year they had to do it again. Every year they had to do it again. Every year they had, So they never were forgiven. As long as they did that, God stayed judgment and said, I'm not going to judge you. So they looked forward. Okay, ready? Now here we are. Follow me. We're jogging. We're way out here 2,000 years later. Here's the cross. Now I got saved 52 years ago. 52 years ago, I was still about 2,000 years beyond the cross. Well, I can't get saved because his blood only covers past sins. All my sins were future. All of them were. Let's assume just my past living sins. Even my past living sins were future. What about my future, future sins? Well, if you're not perfect from here on out, okay, I'm not perfect. Who's going to save me now? See, you're not thinking. You're not using Bible. You're trying to make things up by human reasoning. Well, it makes sense to me. Stop, stop, stop. Salvation doesn't make sense, period. Why would the Bible said, but God commendeth his love. God demonstrated. God showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Who in the world would die for sinners? The Bible says, scarcely for a good man, some would dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Who in the world would do that? The Lamb. God's only begotten Son. You don't deserve it. 
Quit, 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 quit trying to look at yourself like, well, you know, I'm not that bad. You're terrible. You're putrid. You're sinful. All of your righteousnesses are as filthy rags, the Bible says. All of your righteousnesses, all your best days, all your good work, compared to Jesus Christ, just a leprous, dirty rag. You're not a very good person. Isn't it amazing how easy we get offended when somebody says that? Instead of going like, yeah, yeah, that's true. We go like, I, I don't represent that. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. So what do we have here? In order for sins to be forgiven, blood must be, 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 be spilt. The blood spoken here is Christ's shed blood or the lamb's blood. The illustration was the Old Testament. The real lamb on the cross, still representing the lamb. Once and for all, his blood flowed both directions for all of mankind. There's only one Savior, folks. Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong. Catholics are wrong. Everybody's wrong. A lot of Baptists are wrong. We're making stuff up because we're not living the way God wants us to, and we're still trying to fit into this. God is not going to adjust his word to our society. He's just not going to do that. Those who have the Lamb's blood applied to their lives if you're saved, if you're genuinely saved according to the Bible, if you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you have trusted in him to forgive you of your sin and called upon him, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you've called on any other name other than Jesus Christ, you're headed towards hell right now. You're not one day going to find out. That's another misconception. You're not going to find out once you get to heaven, am I staying or am I leaving? You're never going to get to heaven. You'll never get. There's no Peter at the front gate. That's Catholic doctrine. There's no Peter at the front gate. There is no, I'm almost there, and my good works didn't outweigh my bad. I'm sorry I can't go. There's no Bible for that at all. I don't know where we get this stuff at. You'll never see or even get close to heaven if your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Those who are found there are not found there. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Preacher, what if my name's not there? What happens to me? That's, that's a fair question. One that ought to petrify you to death. Because if you're considering, I don't think I'm that bad of a person. Well, I'm trying real hard. I'm not like I used to be. Uh, I've stopped this and started that and stopped that and stopped that and started that. That's normally most people's argument about going to heaven. And our bottom line assessment is, I'm not that bad of a person anymore. Let me tell you how bad you are. Your sin put Jesus on the cross. Now that's about as bad as it gets. Doing the best I can. Look in Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. Another mistake people make is thinking there's a general judgment and we'll all find out then whether we're saved or not. That's not, that's not true either. Watch. I, I hate to keep messing up your made-up doctrine, but I don't know what else to do. Verse number 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. On this day, on this day, this is such a horrible, terrible judgment day that if heaven and earth could get away, they would. God Almighty, which we have no respect for. Almighty. Almighty. That means he has all might. Knows everything. Is everywhere all the time, constantly. 
in the darkness, in the light, everywhere. Watch. I saw the dead. The dead here are the unsaved, not the, just the dead in the ground. The dead unsaved and the dead unsaved in the ground. The dead unsaved that are alive and the dead unsaved that are in the ground. Watch. And I saw, no, and I saw the dead, verse 12, small and great. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what titles you have, who you rub elbows with, has nothing to do with it. God is not impressed with any of that. They stood before who? God. And the, watch this, books. You see that? Books, plural, right? You went to public school, uh, that means plural, okay? Books were open and, oh, another book. Huh. So there's a differentiation between book and books. And the book was open. So, so the books were open and the book was open, which is, oh, the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the book or books? Book or books? Read your Bible. Books. Which is, watch, ready? According to their works. Not the book of life. The book that has all their works written in it. Now, before you jump to conclusion... This has nothing to do with whether they're going to heaven or hell. They're not being judged to find out heaven or hell. They are getting, these people are being judged because they're going to hell and they're getting ready to find out just what that punishment, how bad it's going to be. Verse number 13. And that in case jaws eat you, that's not going to spare you. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and hell. Death and hell. When you die, that's not the end of it. Well, when I die, it'll be over with. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not, you're not getting out of it that easy. You're not, take all the pills you want to. You're not getting out of it. If you're unsaved, you're going to be here. I don't care what you've done to yourself or what somebody else done to you. You are going to answer for your sins before God Almighty. Not to whether you're going to heaven or hell. You wouldn't be here. You're going to hell. That's why you're here. Death is the body. As we go on and read, you're going to find out that death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them. For what? Glad we have a Bible. Verse 11, And the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to his works. Your wife's not going to stand for you, sir. Ma'am, your husband ain't going to stand there for you. Every man's works. You will give an account. If you're unsaved, you're going to be here. You're going to look at God Almighty. That even heaven and earth said, we need to get out of here if we could. We're leaving. That's how bad, that's how awesome it's going to be on that day. There'll be no mercy. There'll be no forgiveness. Jesus is not standing for you on this day. God is not going to feel sorry enough for you to say, you know something, I'm going to let you go. Never happen. You're thinking about some crooked judge down here in Columbus. You have nobody as an advocate on your side. Nobody. You're standing before God Almighty by yourself answering for everything you did on this planet. But that's not the worst part. Watch what happens. Verse 14, and death and hell were cast... Oh. So let me get this right. There's a hell, death, and a lake of fire. Uh-huh. Let me explain. Ready? Come on. Here's what happens. Let's assume uh, you're unsaved, okay? So you died, body, death, Ooh, okay? Not the end of things. 
immediately, immediately upon death, your body will be rotting before they ever get you to shedding them. Okay, you follow that? Science is not going to keep your life forever. You, you need to get out of that thought. Well, maybe if they froze me in a thousand years. You watch way too many movies. So what happens is you're going to die. Immediately, your soul goes to hell. You're going to immediately start being punished the very moment you die. Your body is in the ground rotting away. Your soul is in hell already burning and suffering. It's being held right there. Watch. On this judgment day called the great white throne judgment of God. Okay? The great white throne judgment. Your death and hell shall deliver up the dead, the unsaved, and you'll stand before God Almighty to be judged according to your works. You're not getting out of this. At the end of that, I don't understand this fully. I just know there's different degrees of punishment and damnation for people. I can show you that throughout the New Testament. Different degrees. Some are, well, all unsaved are going to end up in a lake of fire. I don't understand how this is going to work, but some are going to pay and burn more than others. But you're still never getting out. And the Bible said after this judgment that death and hell shall be cast into a lake of fire. The word cast there means to hurl, like you would a baseball. I don't know what that means. I just know that that's what it says. Look at the next verse, verse number 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You see, we're all going to live forever, so to speak. I'm going to live forever because of the Lamb. I've trusted Him. He's forgiven my sin. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. If you have not done that, you're not really going to live forever, but you're not going to perish. You're going to die forever. Dying and 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 never die. This is the second death. So physically I died. Now eternally I'm going to die forever. The second death. This is the first one. Boop. The second one is an eternal everlasting death. As long as I am in heaven because of Jesus Christ, you will be in hell. I'm going there forever. You're going there forever. I'm going to live forever. You're going to die forever. I'll rejoice after all the things I have to go through. After everything you went through, you're going to suffer forever. Because of one thing, your name is not found in the Lamb's book of life. Folks, I'm not trying to make a Baptist out of it. I'm trying to get you to understand what the Bible talks about, about going to heaven. Look at verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm, I, I just read to you the word of God. I didn't make this. It's not Baptist doctrine. It is. It should be. I'm telling you, I'm reading right out of the Bible. Revelation chapter number 20. Please understand. I want you to notice this is the great white throne. Only sinners are here. Christian, you and I will not be here, not to be judged for anything. We will not be here. This is for those who, for any given reason, any given, doesn't make any difference. Any excuse you have is not a good excuse. You don't have Christ, you're going here. You say, I didn't realize. Doesn't make any difference. Ignorance is no excuse. You live in America. 
This is why public schools and a lot of people are unteaching people about God. They're unteaching. Every child, when you come in, the Bible said God hath dealt every man a portion of faith. As soon as you step into this world, you have enough faith to believe there is someone you should be believing in. Do you know why you may not, or a lot of people don't? They have been untaught. Evolution. Public schools. Ignorant parents. Preachers that don't know their foot from the top of their head. And everybody just listens to them because they're nice people. So we find out here, first of all, there's one set of books. And this set of books will describe you, if you're unsaved, exactly. No guesswork of, oh, I misunderstood. No, God Almighty is the judge here. He doesn't make mistakes. He didn't forget. He didn't overlook. He didn't, oh, my goodness. Not everything. Everything will be there according. And by the way, you'll be judged, your works, according to God's word. This will not be a last minute made up anything. You have to understand, if you want to go to heaven, you better listen real well to what I'm telling you this morning. When you finally get here, you're lost. You never got saved. Never, never got saved. You never trusted in the lamb. No shed blood, therefore no remission. Because of that, you died once, and death and hell, which is where you your soul went, both of them be pulled together. You're not getting out of this judgment. You're going to stand before God Almighty and you're going to give an account of everything done in that body while you're on this earth. Now, those are the books. But you remember the book? Well, there were the books and those were where your works were. Then there was the book and that's the book of life. And you remember the last part here, verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of, it didn't say whose works were better than others in the books. Works have nothing to do with it. Punishment may. Heaven and hell, that's the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb. That's what has to do with this. First of all, listen to me. Isn't this the argument that many lost people make. I mean, this, this, if, if this were true, if, if this whole scenario were true about, about a, a book that describes my works on whether I go to heaven or hell, isn't this what they always wanted? I just want, I just want to know if my good works outweighed my bad works and my intentions were understood. Isn't that what you wanted? You just wanted someone to really understand you, right? And you think, honestly, though you're not keeping tally, your good works are outweighing your bad works. If somebody would just be fair about this whole thing. So let's assume it was all about works. You're going to have your chance. Every work of your life, every thought, every time you heard the gospel and said, not now. Every time you heard the truth and said, okay, but I don't believe that. Every bit of it's been written down. Every bit of it is being written down. Every opportunity you had. Every time somebody knocked on your door and said, Sir, I'm from, I don't care about that. And you say, Okay, that's all being written down. It's not just all the bad things you did, it's all the wicked things you set aside and said, I don't care. Every work, every one of them will be there. But that's not the decision. That decides punishment. The decision, the decision is because the book, the book, the book, the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. Your name is not there. That's why this book is there. I think this book is there to say, your name's not here. Yeah. 
See, he's the great judge. He's very just. So what he says is absolutely true. Why God has to explain himself to us, I've never understood that. You take Cain, who murdered his brother, God Almighty comes to him and says, if thou doest well, will thou not be received? And he asked him, said, do you have a right to be mad? And he said, yes, I do. Jonah said the same thing, talking back to God, just like some of us do. I don't care what the Bible says, I'm not doing that. It's all being written down. It's being written down. I just want you to know that you're not getting by. Oh, for now, you may think you are. But once you die, bodies in the ground, death, souls in hell, death in hell, being delivered up on that day, you'll answer according to your works that are in the books, the books of your life. <clears throat> but what's really, excuse me, <clears throat> what's really going to send you to hell is the Lamb's book. That's the deciding. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? I and my Father are one. If you've known the Father, you've known me. So God took away all the guesswork. This second book, this other book that will judge you by, it's more important than the other books. For if your name had been in this book, you wouldn't have been at this judgment to begin with. If your name had been in the Lamb's book of life, you'd never be at the great white throne judgment. This judgment here are for lost people that have never received Christ as their Savior. So you're going to stand before God, his Father. I just want to know how you're going to answer him on why you didn't receive his son. That's going to be a bad day. Because you see, when you decide not to receive Christ as Savior, you're calling God a liar. That always shocks people. I've never called God a liar. No, not maybe not verbally, but in your actions. No? Turn to 1 John, okay? You're in Revelation, just go back a couple of pages. 1 John chapter 5. You know, once you start truly learning right Bible, it all fits together over time and begins to make sense. Like a glove, a right-handed glove fits on a right hand. I don't have to jam it. It's made for that hand. When your doctrine over here contradicts a doctrine over here and a teaching over here contradicts a teaching over here in the Bible, something's wrong. That glove doesn't fit right. There is no contradiction in the Bible. There are no mistakes in the Bible. The longer you study it, the more you find out it fits together. Old and New Testament, one way of salvation, eternal, it all fits together. I want you to turn, if you would, please, to 1 John chapter 5. Are you there? 1 John chapter 5. I want you to go down to verse number 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. That would be the Holy Spirit. He that believeth not God, oh, hath made him a, what? What's that say? Liar? Okay, let me get this right. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Why? Because, see it next word? Because, now he's going to tell us why. He believeth not the record that God gave of his son. If you're not saved and you've heard the gospel, you're saying God's a liar. That's why I'm not receiving. You say, preacher, I'd never say that. By your actions, by not believing, you're saying, I don't believe that story. So in essence, you're calling God a liar because God can't lie. Look at the next verse. This is the record, verse 11, that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son, not your good works. You're not going to receive eternal life because you're a good person because you're not. 
Folks, I'm not mad at you. We've got to wake up and start smelling the coffee and understand truth. God gave us a Bible, and you're not going because you're an exception to the rule. Nobody's an exception to God's rule. God has considered everybody, everywhere. That's why there's only one word of God. That's why there's only one Savior for everybody in the world. You listen to the liberal. You're trying to tell me, Oprah, Oprah. She, she was. You trying to tell? You trying to tell me that there's there's one God for everybody in the world? You know what they say? Well, you know, and they start backpedaling. There is one gospel, one Jesus Christ, one Son of God, one heaven. There is a hell, but nobody wants to tell that to her. We don't even like talking about it among ourselves until you run into me. Okay, so. If your name had been in this book, the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me go ahead and finish this. Look, look, look verse 13. These things, okay, you, you, you with me now? These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Okay, if you're saved, you're saying, I believe Jesus. I believed on his name. I've accepted him as Savior. Ready? That ye may know that you have probationary life. Oh, I meant temporary life. Huh. My Bible says eternal life. Now, eternal, I think, is as long as you do good. Oh, please don't say yes. Eternal means like a long time, like forever, right? So if I believe on the Son, what's he say? That you may know. He said, preacher, what makes you think you're going to heaven? I'm not going to heaven because I'm a good guy. I'm not even going to heaven because I'm cute, which would probably get me there, but that's not the reason. I'm going there because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior and His shed blood. God loves His Son so much when He looks at filthy George Bell, He says, because you are in my Son, I receive you unto myself. You're not going to heaven because you're a good person. Even as a Christian, you're not going to heaven because you're a good person. You're going to heaven because of Jesus Christ or you ain't going. I'm not happy about that. I'm just trying to clear up the issue here so you'll know what you need to do. You're going to stand before the living God if you're not saved. So when you say, somebody needs to stop those people and teach them a lesson. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have laws for that, as goofy as they may be nowadays. And even if that's the case, there is an almighty God in heaven there, the Bible said, is appointed unto man wants to die. Please stay off of Google, especially religious Google. I read the other day where a woman died and went to hell and came back to warn us. That's a lie, absolute lie. I don't know what pizza she ate, what kind of medication she's on. You say, how do you know it didn't happen? There's no Bible for that. If there is no Bible, let God be true and every man a liar. If there is no Bible, that's how I can be sure. No place in the Bible has anybody went to hell and come back. Right. And it's appointed unto man wants to die. Yeah. Now, you may clinically have died. You know what that means? Doctors down here said, in our opinion, what should have kept you alive stopped working. So you're clinically dead. I died 45 times. We had a guy in our church, um, Brother Iyer, 
And Brother Iyer came here and was with it. He and his wife, precious lady. She's in heaven now. But clinically, they said he died like 17 times. Oh, he's got a terrible heart. I mean, it's just, oh, it's terrible. And uh, stints, reviving, uh, putting paddles on his chest, doing all that kind of, 17 times they declared him. How many times this guy's got to die? They said he died clinically 17 times. Then what's he still doing here? You know Brother Iyer, don't you? But even Brother Iyer understood when God said, I'm done, I'm done. So what happens here is this. Look, look what it says this next verse. For these things have been written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Ready, ready, ready? And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. In there had nothing about works. You don't get saved and you heard the gospel, you're calling God a liar. You want to live that route, you're going to pay for your sin. And because you cannot pay for your sin, therefore in hell you'll always be paying. You see, I received Christ as Savior. He paid my debt. By accepting him, he said, I will pay the debt you owe. I will pay for the sin that you did. I will pay for it all. I will take your account and put it on mine. And I will take my clean account and put it on yours. And therefore, you're forgiven. It don't get any better than that. In Romans chapter number one, uh, understand, you're not judged. I'm sorry. Oh, saints. Saints are not judged according to their works. You've got to understand this part because you're wondering, what happens if I sin after I become a Christian? So listen. According to their works, saints are not judged according to their works to get them to heaven. To get them to heaven. Or when they get there, or on the way there, they have to, sorry, I missed a second. Or when they get there, oh, are they staying? Uh, again, like you get there and God says, I'm sorry. One too many sins. Boop. That'd be a shocker, wouldn't it? Man, after all I went through and everything I suffered and I tried to do right and I tried to be clean, tried to be good, you get to heaven and St. Peter says, first of all, he won't be saying this. He goes, man, that close. <laughs> now that is funny. You know why it's funny? Because it's not true. Not a word of that's true. In Romans chapter number one, verse number eight, Preacher, how, how can you act that way? Ready? The Bible says, uh, Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. When? In the future when I get to heaven? I'll find out. No, he said now. Condemnation, guilt, judged, guilty. There is none. Hold it, hold it. To them. To them who? That are in Christ Jesus. When born again people who trust Christ to be their savior to get them to heaven, the lamb, if you would, who gave himself so they could be forgiven and saved from hell will be judged for their stewardship, not for their place in heaven or hell. Do you remember the part about sinners going to hell, judged by their works and receiving different degrees of damnation and punishment because of that? They are going to hell, but evidently there's hotter places than others. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. 
I just know there'll be great. In order for God to be a righteous judge, somebody who turned, let's, let's say, 10 years old or 12 years old, and all of a sudden realized, you know, maybe there's a God. Maybe I should get saved. And they said, I'm not going to. Didn't do too much. Then you take Hitler. <clears throat> And you put them both in the same place and they both deserve the same amount of years in prison. That's not fair. That's not even close to being right. We have a righteous judge. And on that judgment day, the more light you have received of knowing what is right and wrong, the greater your punishment is going to be because you're not, you're not ignorant of this. By you being here this morning, all of this is being written down on you. Everything you're hearing right now, so you go, I didn't realize. Well, God said, well, let me see. In February, the, what is it, the 18th? At the Anchor Baptist Church, got it right here, Anchor Baptist Church. Dr. George Bell was preaching here, and you kept saying in your mind, I don't believe that. I wasn't taught that way. I'm not going to. God have it all written down. He said, then I don't stand a chance. Sure you do. By doing what God said. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. In 1 Corinthians, chapter number 3, if you can turn there, I'm not going to. The Bible said, every man shall receive his own reward. The reward's not heaven, that's a free gift. Eternal life's a free gift through Jesus Christ our Lord. You want to live forever, you have to have Jesus Christ. No Jesus Christ, no eternal life. <clears throat> so, what's he say? Every man shall receive his own Reward according to his own labor. Now here we're talking to Christians. Eternal life is a gift. You receive rewards for working as a Christian. Hope that made sense to you. The lamb paid my way by his work. The lamb paid my way by his work. His blood was applied to my life. I am going to heaven only because of him. I'm going to have eternal life only because of him. I cannot lose my salvation, ready, only because of him. <clears throat> you see, the lamb, because he paid my debt and applied his blood to my life, my name is in that book the Lamb's book of life. Because of that, I will not be cast into the lake of fire. I will not be at that judgment. I'm going somewhere else. By the way, the fact that a person is at the great white throne judgment will be the proof against them that they have not received Jesus Christ their Savior. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 7. For those who believe they are really doing good stuff for Jesus, like um, Sister um, Mother Mary, Let's see here. Uh, you, you name the Catholic saint. You name the Buddhist. You name the, uh, the, the person who thinks they're going to heaven because they're a good person. <clears throat> Whoever. Now, I'm going to talk to you about a judgment that's coming. Watch. Matthew chapter number 7. <clears throat> Matthew chapter number 7. Go to verse number 21. <clears throat> now, follow me. Don't speed read. Just follow me. I don't know, I'll find out what he's talking about. <clears throat> First of all, you can't read anyway, so there we go. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Huh. The 
call him Lord, Lord, but they're not going. But he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. When it comes to salvation, the will of the Father is that you repent and get saved. That is the will of God. For God shall love the world. God died for the whole world. It is his will that everybody be saved. Problem is he won't make everybody be saved. But that is his will. Look at verse number 22. Many will say to me in that day, talking about the judgment day, that's future. Lord, Lord, have we not, this sounds good, prophesied. You hear a lot about that now. I have the gift of prophecy. I'm impressed. In my name, oh, and it was in his name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. Do you know Jesus even rose people from the dead? And before he did that, he said, I need everybody out of the room. When he healed a leper, he said, go and tell no man. But today it's all about me. Come and watch me. Look what I can do. Look at this. And You know, the Bible said, Jesus said, when the comforters come, that's the Holy Spirit, by the way, said he will not speak of himself, but he will speak of me. And today, Pentecostals, Charismatics, tongue speakers, Baptists, it's all about the Holy Ghost. He did not come to receive praise. Jesus, he came to point people to Christ. You follow me? So watch what he says. Many shall say to me in that day, the judgment day, Lord, Lord, uh, I'm in verse 22. Have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name. See how they, in thy name, in thy name, cast out devils. Whoa! Cast out devils? And in Jesus' name? I'm impressed. That's impressive. Hold on. And in thy name done many, what kind of works? Wonderful works. Now hold on. If getting to heaven, you can get there by doing good works, I'm going to assume these people are gone. In Jesus' name, wonderful works, prophesied, cast out demons, a good moral church-going person who does good works night and day and confesses he is doing it in the name of God is not what matters. Oh, that's shocking, isn't it? But I did it in Jesus' name. Hold on. Look at the next verse. Verse 23. And uh, now this is all they're saying to him. Watch what he says to them. And then will I profess unto you, I never knew you. I never knew you. That's not all. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I did all these good works. He calls them iniquity. He calls it iniquity. I will profess to you. Name not I don't know you. But I did it for you. I cast out demons for you. I'm telling you, we're being deceived because in the in the tribulation time. The man of sin will actually be able to make an inanimate object move and talk. And you're going to fall for it. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not saved, you'll go, you know why? In Thessal- 2 Thessalonians, he said, God will send them a strong delusion to believe a lie and be damned. So why would God do that? Because when you had opportunity to receive him, his son, as Savior, you denied him, therefore saying, I'll face whatever's coming, and you're going to. If you're not, folks, if the, rapture to, if, if the rapture took place right now, shortly after that starts the seven-year tribulation. Everybody who is saved, genuinely saved, are going in the rapture. 
You say, well, I've changed my mind. Now that I see the evidence, you can't be saved now. You cannot be saved now. You cannot be saved now. During those years, other people can. Thousands of them. Thousands of them. 144 Jewish missionaries, not Jehovah's Witnesses, Jewish missionaries. We've gone all over the world. That's not all. Thousands and thousands of people preaching the gospel. But you can't be saved. Because you see, when the grace of God was shed upon this world, you rejected it. You did not receive Christ by faith. You were waiting to see evidence, and it was too late. Read 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and 2. You'll see that. But watch what happens here. Then will I profess unto you, I never knew. What do you mean you never knew me? I, did, I cast out demons in your name. I didn't recognize that. I, I did many wonderful works. I don't even know who you are. Many people think bad works take people to hell and good works take people to heaven. That's not true. No. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter number 2. Go forward past Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, okay? Three quarters of the way up in the New Testament. You say, I don't care. I still think you need to work good in order to get to heaven. You are contradicting God and so much Bible. You don't even realize it. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 8. Now, these people were doing good works. I mean, they were having that, casting out demons, pretty good. Many wonderful works, pretty good. And in his name, that would probably be good, right? I could prophesy. Ooh, that would kind of put you over the top, right? Get the healing. Praise the Lord. All right. You say, preacher, you're making fun of people. I am. Absolutely. Because there is a God in heaven and his word contradicts all of that silliness. But watch what it says here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. You want to know who's saved? For by grace are you saved through faith. So what that is, is God gave his unmerited favor to mankind. By faith, that's not just a belief. Faith is saying, God said that. I trust him enough to do what he says. Faith is not just belief. Faith is not just belief. Faith is belief and trusting God to do what he says. You don't do what God says. Faith without works is dead, being alone. So watch what he says. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You can read the rest. Not of works. Not of works. You know why? We'd be boasting. Oh, Dave thinks he's going to get the mansion next to God. Buddy, I got you beating works, and I'll be telling everybody when we get to heaven. God's ain't going to happen. You'll be around the throne praising my son, period. That's what we'll be doing. Do all the good works you care to do, my unsaved friend, then attach God's name to it. God does not recognize it. Why? Because good works do not cover, nor forgive, nor make payment for sin. There's no Bible for that at all. There's no works or intention that will pay. It's blood, and specifically the lamb's blood. The lamb paid my debt, forgave my sin, and I'm as good as in heaven right now because my name is in heaven in the lamb's book of life. 
It's never coming out. See, God knows everything. And when I say to him, God said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Those who receive my son because of all he went through and the debt that he paid, you receive him, I forgive all your sin. Now understand, I'm still going to a judgment for Christians, not for to find out if I'm going to heaven or hell, but to find out now that I've received this eternal life, how did you spend that for God? Well, I'm a Christian, but I just don't think you need to go to church. You'll answer to Jesus for that. Not heaven or hell. Rewards. God has all these rewards laid out for you to earn. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Predetermined. Um, works. God has got everything, every reward you were intended to receive. Predestined? Predestined works. Already did. Already laid out. If you just walk with God and obey him, everything, every reward you were to receive, you can. But we don't. Therefore, there will be a loss of reward. It's not because God kept it away from you or you couldn't do it. You disobeyed. You said, I'm not. I can't. I'm quitting. Whatever the case may be. But your salvation is never lost. It is eternal. I could show you that throughout the Bible. You see, there's no guesswork involved. No hoping, no wondering, no supposing. My good works outweigh my bad works. I do not keep account. By the way, if, if that's what you're banking on, let, show me the book where you keep the ledger. Boy, tomorrow I've got to do at least two more good things. Sounds like, sounds like Catholics on, what is this, Lent or something? I always brush off Lent. I'm sorry, I didn't want to tell you. That was funny. That whole thing is set up on good works. Praying for the dead, absolute Bible against that. Absolute Bible about praying for the dead. Do you know why they do it? Because they don't tell them to read and study their own Bible. So there's no guesswork involved. My name is written down in heaven, in the Lamb's book, in the blood of Christ, as my sacrifice. My debt is paid and my sin is forgiving. So now I know who the Lamb is and I know the importance of the book. Number three, how do I get my name in there? Good question. Great question. I know the book. I understand the importance of it. How, preacher, do I get my name in the, that book? so I can go to heaven. Ready? Turn your Bibles a lot. John, go to John, chapter number one. Matthew, Mark, Luke, that one, John. John, chapter number one. John, chapter number one. Look at verse number 29. How do I get my name in the book? You ready? Ready? Don't just listen to me. Read your Bible. Watch what it says. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So now we know who the Lamb is. We know the importance of the book. And the Lamb is the one that takes away the sin of the world. Go, if you would, to John chapter number 8 and verse number 14. Same, same John. John chapter 8, verse number 14. Jesus said, okay, you know he did because in red, okay? Jesus said, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Go to John chapter 14, verse number 6. Again, Jesus says, ready? John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It doesn't stop there. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
Good works haven't got a thing to do with it. You're not going to hell because you're really, 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 really bad. And you're not going to heaven because you're pretty good. Jesus is the door. You're going to heaven because of him. You don't go to heaven because of what you did to him. Go to Acts chapter 16. John, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Paul's talking to the lost Philippian jailer. You know the story. Uh, they're, having a, they're having a revival meeting at 12 o'clock and this Philippian jailer gets under conviction. He's hearing about praying and singing and he gets under conviction. God begins to clap his hands and the earth begins to shake and all that. I made that part up. Uh, and the doors came open. Well, the jailer thought, oh no, they've all escaped. I might as well kill myself. He pulls his sword, getting ready to take his life because see, in those days, if anybody escaped, you take their place. Right. Paul was going to be killed. So the Philippian Jesus said, I'm going to take my own life because they're, they're going to hurt me real bad. So Paul says, do thyself no harm, for we're all here, which first of all captures my attention because if I was in there, I'm leaving. Doors are open, I'm out of here. Paul said, we're all here, don't do yourself any harm. He runs in with a lantern, falls down, says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Listen to what Paul did not say. Well, you've got to get out here and get baptized. Or you can't go. Well, you got belong to a Baptist church or I don't know what to tell you. You know, if you'd stop beating people on the weekends, the Apostle Paul made a statement. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do good. Change your life. Stop smoking, chewing, drinking, watching pornography. You shouldn't do any of those things. But that's not what's going to cause you to go to heaven by stopping, and that's not what's sending you to hell because you do them. Everything is about that cross. Everything from here to here is about that cross, and everything, everything to the end of time back there is this. Have you ever understood why time begins here and goes both directions? It starts back there, stops here. It starts here and goes there. It's all about the cross. It is called His story, history. Yeah. It's all about him. Yes, We've made it all about us. Another one of those things we changed. So look in Acts chapter 16 verse 31. The apostle Paul said the Lord Jesus Christ, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, on the Lord Jesus Christ, on Christ. not just facts about him, not just in the Lord Jesus Christ, on. On means trust him. Put your whole life on him. Give it to him. He said believe on, not just in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. The only way you can get your name in the Lamb's book of life is to have the Lamb. That makes sense, doesn't it? It's Bible also. So first of all, believe on the Lamb. Number two, ask for forgiveness in his name. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You call on Buddha, you're going to hell. You call on Confucius, you're going to hell. You call on the Pope as a father, you're really going to hell. You do not go to heaven by calling on anybody but that name, Jesus Christ. Now, in this, he said, well, they don't pronounce it like we do. He didn't say how you pronounced it or how it's interpreted. If it's still interpreted, Jesus, in, in Spanish, it's Jesus, yes? Okay, Jesus. Jesus Cristo, right? Somebody talk to me. Somebody know Spanish? Anybody? You understand? Okay, there we go. All right, I didn't think I'm cussing or anything. Now, you say, well, it's not Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. In their language, it still means Jesus Christ. They're still calling on his name. However, in India, if you're calling on Buddha, that's not Jesus Christ. In India, Confucius, that's not Jesus Christ. Catholic, the Pope 
is not Jesus Christ. He cannot forgive sins. By the way, that man's going to go straight to hell and burn bad if he doesn't receive Christ as his say. doesn't make any difference how much Bible he thinks he knows or how much history they love to talk about. In Acts chapter 17, verse number 30, turn there. You need to ask for forgiveness in his name. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Acts 17, verse 30, you're almost there. Now God, what's the next word? It's not a suggestion. Commandeth. Commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Repent. Repentance is a change of mind. You need to change your mind about what you've always been taught if it's wrong. You need to change your mind about the Savior and being saved. You need to change your mind about him, who he is, and you, and who you are. But that doesn't make you saved. That means you've changed your mind. There first has to be a willing mind. So I changed my mind. Look, you're hearing stuff this morning. Many of you are going like this. What? Is that right? Well, yeah, that's what the Bible says. So what's happening is simply this. God's word and me and the Holy Spirit trying to get you to repent. Change your mind about what you've been trusting in, what you've always thought, and who you've been believing in. Now. Now you can be saved. Now, but it has to start there. Go to 2 Peter, way up by Revelation, past Hebrews, way up there. Hurry, you slow me down. I'm almost done. 2 Peter chapter number 3. This is very important. You say, it sounds like me, like it's so strict, hardly anybody can make it. Hmm. Okay. 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 9. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God's saying, I want you to change your mind about my son and what you believe. Who you are and who he is. What you believe and what he says. You need to change your mind. God said, God is not willing. I don't want anybody to perish. You need to change your mind about this. That's what God is saying. It could not have been any plainer for God to talk about. From your heart, tell God you know you're a sinner. Amen. God throughout the Bible. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of our righteousness is filthy rags. On and on and on. We are doomed. I have to admit that. Number two, you must believe that Jesus died and shed his blood just for you. Well, he died for the whole world. No, no, no. Make it personal. Just for you. Just for you. He died for you. Ask him into your heart to be your savior so you can go to heaven because you can't save yourself. We've made this thing way too difficult. I I need to ask you to go to another place. Go to Luke, okay? Did I read this? Yeah, I did, okay. Go to Luke chapter 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, that one, okay? Luke chapter 15. Look at verse 7. See, I, I, don't, I don't like to just uh, joust um, philosophies and words and, and ideas because I'm just not that good at it. I would rather say when people argue or bring up what they think, well, the Bible says, well, God's word says, why you and many people just keep going, well, I've always been taught, but, but you know God's word says. Well, I always thought, well, the God's word says. Well, I was taught when I went to church, but God's word says. If you get used to simply referring to God's word, 
God, the Bible says in Hebrews, who can't, it's impossible for God to lie. Even to conceive God lying is just ridiculous. So watch what it says. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, I, this is Jesus, say unto you that, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that what? Repenteth. More than 99 just persons that need no repentance. Remember what repentance means. Change your mind. Somebody changed their mind and now going to heaven. 99 people did not change their mind. And there's more rejoicing over that one. Are you listening to me? First of all, believe on the Lamb. That's Jesus Christ. Second of all, repent and ask for forgiveness on who you are and who He is and be honest about it. Thirdly, invite the Lamb into your heart to be your Savior. We started off in Revelation. We'll finish there in chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Wait a minute. Why is he standing on the outside knocking? What's he doing that for? Because when Revelation starts, he is in the center of the churches. By the time we get to chapter 3, He's on the outside of an individual's heart and asking, if you'll let me in, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. I will do that. So what's he saying? Behold, I stand at the door and knock your heart. If any man, any, any man calls upon Christ, here's my voice, here's my voice. God talking to you this morning? Is God's truth talking to you this morning? And he said, open the door. You have to willingly do this. He will not force himself into your life. Just won't do it. You can go on and have the best life you want to be and die straight and go straight to hell. You don't have to wait until everything falls apart. Jesus is ready to save you if you're ready to let him. Listen to me now. Hey, listen to me now. Let everybody listen. Jesus wants to write your name. Isn't that something? He wants to write you. He died for the whole world. He wants to put your name in it. Oh, you're not good enough. Has got a thing to do with it. He died so your name can go in there. But he will not do that until you accept him. Not believe in him. Believe on him. You know the difference? So, what's the Bible say in Romans chapter 10 verse 13? Whosoever. Oh, you're that bad? You're whosoever. Oh, you're that good. You're still a whosoever. Oh, you're somewhere in between. I'm not really that bad, but I'm really not that good. You're still a whosoever. Whosoever shall call. Can't get him on a cell phone. Got to call. Got to call how? How am I supposed to? Upon the name of the Lord. There's that lamb again, you know. Shall be saved. You saved? If you died right now, you're going to end up at the great white throne judgment of God to stand before God Almighty of whom the heaven and earth wish they could just flee away. God Almighty, now without any mercy, straight judgment is on his throne. You don't want to be there. And then death and hell shall be cast in the lake of fire. And you will pay for your sin forever and ever and ever because you cannot pay for them. Therefore, you'll always be paying for them. 
Jesus already took your sin and said, I'll pay for them if you accept me. It's already done. Just sign your name on the bottom line. I don't think that's this. Then you pay for them. You pay for them. The Lamb's book. Let's pray. Father.